We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. It's the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest, who you know, who you love, Zach Kelberman. Zach, we have a, a few little stories to get into tonight, but uh, first things first, I want to get to the transactions. The Broncos have, have signed a couple of additional futures guys, including a defensive tackle. Uh, break that down for everybody. You wrote about it today. Yeah, Rashard Lawrence, the Broncos signed the 14th future signing of the offseason. Uh, 2020 fourth round pick out of LSU. He spent his first three seasons under VJ in Arizona. Of course, VJ was the Cardinals defensive coordinator and uh, pretty ho-hum. I mean, like 20 tackles, a couple tackles for a loss, like a back of the roster type as usual, Chad. But it is interesting. Not only is it an indication that maybe the Broncos are keeping VJ, but with Mike Purcell headed toward free agency, and DJ Jones, a release candidate, maybe Lawrence cracks the final roster or at least make, makes it further. Yeah, there is reason to speculate, or there has been anyway, reason to speculate on Vance Joseph's job security, including how poorly things started this past season, corrected in a big, bad way. I mean, it's crazy, Zach. Historically bad to historically good? Like, what world are we living in? But still, that up-and-down nature kind of making, I'm not sure. Then Vic Fangio out in Miami, you're going, wait a minute. That's who originally Sean Payton had in mind for defensive coordinator. Uh, but it doesn't seem like it's going to go that direction, Zach. It seems like Vic's going to uh, Philly and uh, Vance Joseph is going to stay. But yeah, 2024th round pick. Hey, he's just a guy, Zach, been hanging on, Lawrence has, uh, by the skin of his teeth, the bottom of rosters, trying to make hay when the sun does shine. And like you said, with the way things are kind of shaken out on the Broncos D line, he might get an opportunity to, uh, to, to make some hay in Denver. And he's not exactly a no one. As I wrote there, he was second team all SEC in 2019 at LSU. And he had uh, 12 or 13 starts. I can't remember in Arizona. So it's not, he's not a nobody. He's not a Jag per se. He's someone that's familiar with the scheme. And if you just deploy him as a run stuffer or nothing more, I think he can uh, provide some value. Very interesting. Uh, we got the Papa Bear, David McElrath. Good to see you, big dog. Really, as always, we appreciate the Super Chat support, especially this time of year, you guys. It really helps us keep the lights on. You know, we say that 
uh, often, and maybe sometimes Zach, it comes off as like uh, just something we say or cliche, but it's true, especially this time of year. So thank you, David. Appreciate you, big dog. He says, good evening, Broncos country, Chad, Zach, Dylan, and Deacon Scott, four of the best coaches now in the AFC West. Hmm. Buckham times three MHH for live Denver Bronx for live. Thank you, David. And yeah, let's scratch the surface on this. I mean, the other shows uh, in between the last time we were live and, and right now have done a good job of talking about it, but it's a hot topic, Zach. Jim Harbaugh is now in the AFC West. And who would have thunk this time last year that both Sean Payton and Jim Harbaugh would be coaching in the AFC West come 2024. But yeah, you've got uh, a pretty stacked roster of coaches in this, this division. Although I think for Antonio Pierce, you know, jury's still still out. Yeah, if you've seen that meme on Twitter where it's like three soldiers and a clown like hiding between them, that's what I think the AFC West coaching ranks look like. You have three bona fides and then a first-timer who was an interim former player in Antonio Pierce. I think he'll be better than Josh McDaniels, but he's not in the class of Jim Harbaugh. Speaking of Harbaugh, Chad, last offseason when the Broncos were courting both, we kind of both agreed that 1A and 1B was Harbaugh and Sean Payton. We would have loved to have Jim Harbaugh. I'm happy the Broncos got Payton. I just don't like the fact that Harbaugh now is going to be facing the Broncos twice a year. Wherever he goes, man, his teams are good. That's just the way it is. He's one of those coaches. They're always tough. They're always well-disciplined. And um, I think in hindsight now, Zach, there's a good argument to be made that if you're a, if you're the Broncos and you're trying to make it work with Russ, you know, find the best coach to make it work. I mean, hey, I've I said it a million times. Look at the resume Sean Payton has. You can consider him a quarterback whisperer. But perhaps I slept a little bit, Zach, too too much anyway, on <clears throat> just how how different in styles and approach Sean Payton and Russell Wilson ultimately were. I could see a quarterback like Russ making a lot of hay. Uh, with Jim Harbaugh, but then again, you know, I'm the eternal optimist here, Zach. Uh, one thing about Jim Harbaugh is that he plays a very tough, hard-nosed brand of football. And I think in that sense, it would have fit Russell Wilson's style better because you can kind of hide his weaknesses behind the Broncos running attack and uh, play action. But that's not exactly dissimilar from what Sean Payton tried to do. Unfortunately, the running game never got going and Russell Wilson proved ineffective in that system. So we have to just hope going forward, the Broncos nail the quarterback spot, regardless of the coach. No doubt about it, guys. Lots to get to tonight still. Obviously, we want to see what's on everybody's mind, but uh, and a couple of key topics we're going to get to. First, though, we got to remind you, we're coming up on the conference championship games this weekend, just a few days away. Exciting stuff. So make sure you're making Little Caesars, which is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your conference championship Sunday. It's a huge part of what we do here at uh, Casa Jansen and, of course, as you can tell by now, at MHH. Make it a part of your life as well. Order online during a pizza pizza pregame one hour before and three hours after kickoff on Sunday and get ready for some football and fun by choosing your favorite Little Caesars pizza. Pick the toppings that you crave. Either way, you win. And speaking of winning, as always, Broncos country, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during Sunday's games. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform 
with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right. Keith, what's going on? That's right, bro. Pizza, pizza. Pizza, pizza. Also very helpful this time of year for us to have uh, uh, sponsors and, and partners to help out. Um, Zach, let me let me pick your brain on this, then we'll jump into the chat because uh, too often I think you know we get carried away in the chat early and we totally like don't even get to the main topic of our stream until like oh there's five minutes left to go we haven't talked about a quite yet so I want to get that out of the way real quick and of course you know when we do do that it is my fault of driving the the conversation so to speak but Zach the idea that when it comes to the Broncos when it comes to quarterbacks in particular. Often where there's smoke, there's fire. And since the Broncos were, uh, you know, bounced into the to the offseason, um, there's been a lot of smoke, a lot of rumors about Bo Nix, the Oregon quarterback, right? He has somebody who uh, pro football focus says is a perfect fit for Sean Payton. Um, trying to think, what's his name? Uh, Joel Klatt compared Nix. Uh, to Drew Brees, et cetera, et cetera. And now you've got an insider in the Denver Gazette's Woody Page, one of the most tenured and definitely well-embedded insiders in Denver sports media history, seemingly almost, Zach, kind of pounding the table, as it were, for Bo Nix. And uh, in a, so doing, and kind of along the way, also kind of forecasting perhaps a trade back. This is what he wrote in a recent column. Quote, not only could the Broncos trade down and draft Bo Nix late in the first round, but they also would get a selection in the second round, which they don't obviously currently possess, and a second fifth round choice, close quote. So that's from Woody Page talking about Bo Nix to Denver, and it's it's not the first time the name's been floated. What are your thoughts? How much veracity do you ascribe to this and just your thoughts on Bo Nix as a fit? Number one, it's Woody Page's opinion. And the only opinion who matters is Sean Payton's. And I will say, if Sean Payton identifies Bo Nix as a potential franchise quarterback, the quarterback he wants from this draft class, it would be best case scenario, in my opinion. I've been pounding the trade down drum for a couple weeks now. It's having your cake and eating it too. Getting your quarterback who could be the QB of the future and also stockpiling draft capital. I like 
Knicks, I just don't think he's ready day one. So you'd have to have a solid bridge in place, whether that's Jared Stidham, Jameis Winston. I saw Sam Darnold, speaking of Joel Klatt, throw him out there today, saying he can have a Baker Mayfield-esque revival in Denver. But Knicks is intriguing because his ceiling is a lot higher than some of the other quarterbacks in this class. And if you develop him correctly and give him enough time, I think I see some Justin Herbert, not a Justin Herbert light in Bo Nix. He has better athleticism, but uh, less arm talent. Either way, again, it all comes down to Sean Payton's evaluation. If he thinks he's the guy, I'm on board. MBLE test prep. Your comment at 6.03 makes me smile. I can't flash it on the screen, but it's nice. That's funny. This is Dylan saying, hey, to me, Bo Nix is solid, but not special. Let me ask you something, and I'm just kind of throwing things out here, kind of devil's advocate fashion. Do you think anybody reading a Drew Brees scouting report circa 2001 or even the spring of 2006 when he went on his free agent tour that included two stops would have said, you know, hey, look at this kid. Uh, he's he's special. Do you think there's anything people said about Brees back then that would even hint at the player he would become? Same with Patrick Mahomes. When he came out of Texas Tech, he was viewed by a lot of draft Knicks as a project or someone who is not going to uh, amount to much in the NFL. You can't always go by the scouting reports or someone's opinion. It all comes down to the coaching. And for once, Chad, the Broncos are in the quarterback market, the draft quarterback market, but they finally have the offensive brain power in place to develop that quarterback, whoever it may be. Which is absolutely crucial. That's why if they... Any quarterback that were to figuratively be drafted high by the Broncos, I would have some confidence in it. Even if it ended up being J.J. McCarthy, I would I would be more optimistic at the prospect of it because Sean Payton, he knows, he knows what's up. I mean, things kind of jumped the shark in 2023, Zach, relative to Russ and Sean Payton, but you cannot debate, you can't argue successfully that Sean Payton wasn't a net positive on Russ's game before the season kind of came undone. He lost patience. They didn't want to risk his injury, and that's that. But, I mean, going from, what was it, 15, 16 touchdowns in 2022 to throwing 26. If you don't get, if you don't bench Russell Wilson, Zach, and, and let him play those last two games, solid, solid chance, especially against those two opponents. He cracks 30 touchdown passes, and it was already 26, the most by a Broncos quarterback since Peyton Manning in 2014 we're talking basically a decade so a net positive on an increasingly getting older russ imagine what he could do with his own hand-picked guy that's where i start getting excited and if it were a bo nicks i could get excited about that too and there's still quite a lot quite quite a few let's say stops left on the pre-draft trail senior bowl combine pro days to really get a full beat on how we feel about these quarterbacks but the duchess jumping in we love you so much the first I mean, she's one of the first faces etched on the MHH Mount Rushmore, and she goes literally back all the way uh, to when we started doing these live streams. We love you. She says, no one, this is what we were just talking about. It's funny, you know, uh, great minds, et cetera. They think alike. We were talking about this in the green room, Michaela, right before we went live. I'm like, why has nobody hired Belichick? She's, she's wondering too. She says, I think with Jim Harbaugh in our division means tough times ahead. Welcome to the basement. Maybe, perhaps, but there's still that <laughs> Chargers going to Charger thing, right? That's 
I'll quote my, my partner here, Zach Kelberman, Chargers are always going to charge her. And I wonder if Jim Harbaugh becomes the first head coach in a long, long time, Zach, to kind of overcome that. Well, the one common denominator in San Diego and now Los Angeles has been ownership with the Spanoses. I don't, as good as Jim Harbaugh is, he might not be able to overcome that and also the injury luck. But I have no doubt about he's going to make them a more feisty, competitive team and he's going to make life tougher on the Broncos twice a year. Thank you, Michaela, as always. But the thing with Belichick, not only is he 72, I think he's a defensive coach who I think is a little bit stuck in the 2000s. It's an offensive league. It's a younger driven league. And he wants full control on top of his age, on top of being, if you look at the numbers, not that great winning wise, percentage wise, without the greatest quarterback of all time, pains me to say Tom Brady. So this is why you're seeing the Raheem Morris's and the Ben Johnson's and all these younger coaches get looks first, Bobby Slowick, before Belichick gets a bite of the apple. Ultimately, Chad, I think what he's going to do is wait it out for a year, recharge his batteries. It would be the first time he hasn't coached in the NFL since 1974 or 1976. Take a year off and see what opens up next year. There is rumors of Andy Reid maybe retiring after this season. Uh, the Cowboys job could open up next, next year. He'll have his pick if he wants to continue coaching. It's crazy, though, how quickly the people forget, you know. Um, I think it's kind of been proven, Zach, that who was it? Who, who was the which was the impetus for New England's reign of success? Was it Tom Brady? Was it Bill Belichick? And that, I think, has now been answered. But it also is a both, you know, both of them contributed to that equation big time. But people are forgetting Um what he what he's achieved you know he's the he's the winningest head coach of all time at least modern era nfl football baby he's the guy for that he's uh darth hoodie always be known that in the mile high city anyway but it might as you say be in his best interest just to take a year see how the, some of the chips fall around the league recharge the batteries but unless i would have some doubts about him still if he were to take any of those openings that came this year, all of them have quarterback questions, right? If he were to land somewhere with even a semi-stable quarterback, I think, boom, it's a recipe for immediate success. But there, there isn't really, or there wasn't this year on the market. I mean, the closest thing, what would you say, besides the Chargers, um, maybe the, the Seahawks, maybe, the, maybe, maybe Geno Smith, and that's really pushing it. Obviously, the Chargers were the crown jewel of proven quarterback team looking for a head coach. The thing is, there's two vacancies open. The Seahawks and the Commanders both have GMs in place, and including Washington, they just hired Adam Peters to be their GM. So again, Belichick, the general manager, is a lot worse than Belichick, the coach, and if as long as he wants total control, I don't think he's going to get it. Yeah, like Scott says here privately, you know, it's uh, Bill Belichick, the GM, is what has engineered his downfall. And you could say that about more than one prolific coach. You know, Bill Belichick is ultimately bound for the Hall of Fame someday, Zach. Mike Shanahan, I still remain confident, will one day be in the Hall of Fame. But that was also, coincidentally, his downfall in Denver, just having that full control. I mean, he always had GMs and whatnot working under him that had the title but not the power and not necessarily the uh, wherewithal with Mr. B. But you look at... You look at those draft classes, Zach, from about from about 2003 on, and they're pretty sketchy. There's a there's a, you know it's peppered with a few 
success stories. I mean, the most shining of which was probably his last draft class, Shanahan taking Ryan Clady at pick 12, by the way, for what it's worth. But that's where some of these coaches, um, you know, they get into hot water. Scott's bringing up Dan Reeves, Mike Holgram, uh, Holmgren, pardon me, uh, Bill Parcells, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, Belichick, his defense was still good, as the Broncos learned this past regular season, but the offense was just terrible, horrid in the post-Tom Brady era. And going back years, Belichick couldn't pick a wide receiver. Famously, he took a receiver in the second round. He just was not a good architect of a football team, especially after Tom Brady left. Phil down in Tucson proves it every day that Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being, baby. We love you, Phil. Thank you. He says, good evening. Great to see Mims, Marvin Mims, named to the Pro Football Writers of America all-rookie team. Hope he makes the Pro Bowl next year. Hashtag Buckham, go Broncos, MHH for life. I hope he makes the Pro Bowl next year as a wide receiver. That's what I'm hoping. That would be really good things for the Broncos to see Mims take that next step as a receiver. And I think I think there's a good chance that he will, especially, Zach, depending on how some of these offseason dominoes fall. Like, do you hold on to Cortland Sutton? Do you find a trade partner for Jerry Judy? Either way, if one of those two guys gets dealt away, Broncos are going to have very little choice but to really lean into from a coaching investment and emphasis standpoint, developing some of those uh, more raw, the raw side of his skill set, specifically as a receiver. But we saw Zach in that first quarter of the season last year before Sean Payton kind of got scared away from Mims or whatever was happening internally that led to him basically being pulled from the offensive lineup. I mean, he threw four games. Zach was on pace for well over a 1,000-yard season. He was a weapon. They were using him. Then he had that two-fumble game against the Jets in week five, and he, he just never really rejoined the, 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 you know, the big boys table. I mean – Obviously, I like the step that Mims took as a special teamer, making, you know, getting awarded all these honors. But in terms of being a Pro Bowl receiver, all pro, whatever, it's baby steps. He has to first get on the field, stay on the field, master his route tree, really sharpen his craft and earn the trust of not only whatever quarterback is under center, but Sean Payton. You mentioned the fumbles, Chad, and I feel like once you're in Sean Payton's doghouse, it's really hard to get out. It does seem that way, doesn't it? Um we have a very generous top rope super chat from James Moss jumping you, in. Wow. James is another OG that's been with us for a long, long time, as he says here in his hashtag MHH for life. And uh, like I was saying earlier, James is very, very meaningful to us. Thank you so much, big dog. This really does help us this time of year. And uh, I've, I've noticed, by the way, you've been going off like this on a few different shows. This isn't the first show you've thrown down a, a top rope super chat. So thank you my friend, and we would want to say thank you in more ways than one. Shoot us an email, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. Give us your shipping address and your T-shirt size. We'll send you a little thank you, a little uh, little care package uh, as, a, as a sign of our, our gratitude. Thank you, buddy. Says, uh, does James, with the season over, when do you think Russell Wilson will be released? Zach, what's your answer for James? For, thank you so much, James. First of all, that's so generous of you. We appreciate it completely and fully. Um, by March 17th, he will be cut as long as he doesn't restructure or find a way to stay in Denver or traded, but mo most likely released. March 17th is when those injury guarantees kick in for 2025 and the Broncos will be on the hook for an additional $37 million fully guaranteed. So it could come sooner. The latest, the drop dead deadline, James, would be March 17th. That's right. That's right. 
Um, I, I mean, here we are now th two, three days into the third week since the Broncos end of season presser, Zach, where Sean Payton, George Payton and uh, Greg Penner talked about, Hey, we're going to take two weeks away, come back and get busy on making these big decisions, you know, cause it's not just Russ. They got to decide on Russ. Uh, they got to figure out how they're going to get under the salary cap. And by the way, there's a great article coming soon at milehighhuddle.com from Bob Morris breaking down three scenarios Broncos could get compliant with the cap. So look for that. But a lot of decisions this that they have to make this, this offseason, Zach. But the first domino in every one of those is resolution on what you're doing with Russ. If it is a release, got to get the ball rolling on that sooner than later. And, you know, Sean Payton said it won't be a long, drawn-out process what they do with Russ, but now that's going on three weeks ago, and I would prefer they make a decision. If they're going to cut him, just cut him already so we can go forward knowing what the cap looks like, what the roster construction would look like, and sort of plan for 2024 and beyond. No doubt about it. Guys, lots more to get to tonight, but first we have to talk about eating right with HelloFresh. That's where you get farm fresh pre portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes that are delivered right to your doorstep. You get to skip the trips to the grocery store, the unnecessary expenses. And, you know, you're going for a gallon of milk, planning on spending five, six bucks, whatever you end up spending a hundred, all that goes out the window. When you count on HelloFresh to make that process easy, including home cooking, make it fun, make it affordable. That's why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. This time of year, everyone's looking to revamp their eating habits. Look to HelloFresh's wholesome health forward options like over 30 calorie smart and protein smart recipes each and every week. They say breakfast is the most important meal of the day, and HelloFresh agrees. In fact, they're giving all subscribers free breakfast for life. That means you'll enjoy a totally free breakfast item with every single HelloFresh delivery. Now that's worth waking up early for. No doubt about it, baby. So listen, this is a, a service and a product that my family has used going back years now, and I cannot recommend it highly enough. So make sure you head over to hellofresh.com slash huddle free and use our code huddle free to get breakfast for life for free. Now, obviously what that means is again, the one breakfast item per box while your subscription is active, that's free breakfast for life at hellofresh.com slash huddle free with our code huddle free. All right, back to the chat. We got the ronk checking in. What's up, big dog. So good to see you tonight, my friend. Hope you are doing well. Any specific topics, of course, get it in the chat, Ronk. I see we have uh, Michaela Israel in the house. Good to see you, Michaela. We got George jumping in with stars on Facebook. So good to see you, George. He says, with Vic being let go from the Dolphins, do you think we are? Do you think we let our DC go? Zach, what are your thoughts on just the overall outlook for Vance Joseph and where's Vic Fangio going to end up? Vic is going to Philly. I believe that contract is already being signed, sealed, and delivered. He's being closer to family. He is a Pennsylvania native, so it makes a lot of sense there. Um, I feel like, Chad, if the Broncos were going to get rid of VJ, they would have done so by now, and they haven't, and they just picked up a player who played under VJ for three seasons. So, George, I think it's fair to say that VJ will be back, but this time on an extremely short leash about this big, because that's the 
built-in scapegoat for Sean Payton. Number one was Russell Wilson. That was this year. Next year, it'll be VJ. If the defense continues underperforming, I could definitely see an in-season move early on. Yeah, I think if if there's going to be much of a coaching shift or turnover, I think it's an addition, Zach, more than it is like firing somebody and then going out and hiring a new guy. And that is Pete Carmichael. I still think that um, that's a possibility for uh, the Broncos, but we shall see. Vic Fangio, I wonder if his favorite TV show, was was he ever asked if he's a fan of The Office, which also takes place in Scranton, his hometown, uh, Pennsylvania. Andrew Lampy, good to see you, big dog. Appreciate you. Uh, this is another one of our OGs on Facebook saying, hello all, hope everyone's doing well. He says, I hated Mel Kuyper's mock to us, but what do I know? Yeah, the uh, UCLA edge rusher, what's that dude's name? Latu. Uh, yeah, Latu uh, was Kuyper's pick. And I just, I'm shaking my head. It's like, do people in draft media know something we don't? Because so long as there is a, a gap at quarterback, it's a vacuum. And that vacuum has to be filled. All the Kings, Von Millers, all the Kings, uh, Chris Harris Jr.'s, Patrick Sertans and Justin Simmons have never been good enough or enough period to overcome Zach, the lack of a bona fide franchise quarterback. That's period. End of story. So you can fool yourself. You can kick the can down the road and try and draft a lot to, you can try and draft a corner. You can go all these different routes, but you're just delaying the inevitable or, Perhaps a better way of saying it, Zach, is prolonging the pain for everybody else. you got to get your quarterback. Well, if Mike Mel Kuyper thinks the Broncos are drafting Latu, it means the Broncos are not drafting Latu. So uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll see how that shakes out. I, and I like where his thinking is, and a couple quarterbacks were off the board already, so it's like, you know, next best option, BPA. The Broncos do need an edge, but the medicals with Latu scare me. And so often in the post Peyton era, Chad, the last eight years, they've drafted players, no matter the round, or signed players that had previous injury jackets. If you draft or acquire a player with an injury history, chances are they're going to end up what injured again. So not the pick I would make personally. Nor I uh, appreciate you, Andrew Keith with his glorious beard jumping in. What's up, bro? He says, do you think there will be changes in the coaching staff? Could we make a change at OC? I think the OC thing is interesting because again, you know, Pete Carmichael was Sean Payton's top Lieutenant. You know, he's an offensive minded guy. Obviously, over the years, Peyton Zach had a few different long-term, uh, long-time lieutenants that he leaned on or relied on and trusted. Uh, he brought one of them already in Mike Westhoff, who was well into retirement, you know, age bracket. But he's still coaching. Comes back, works with Sean Payton. Um, you know, Joe Lombardi's one of those guys that has a history with Sean Payton Zach, but I'm not sure I would categorize him on the same level as top trusted lieutenant like I would a Pete Carmichael so he's a guy to keep a close eye on because you can make space for him and you can do it Zach without even moving on from Joe Lombardi you might shake up titles you might split duties etc make one of them like the you know passing game coordinator like one of them the run game etc but I will be surprised I'll put it this way if Pete Carmichael doesn't end up in Denver this year 
No, you mentioned Mike Westoff, and uh, I read a recent Mike Kliss article, and he dropped an interesting nugget in that Westoff only agreed to a one-year deal when he came to the Broncos. Mm -hmm. So technically, he's not under contract, and maybe Sean Payton would have to uh, convince him to return. And one of the ways that Kliss put forward was maybe acquiring Pete Carmichael and acquiring Taysom Hill from New Orleans, who can help on special teams. But um, another coaching uh shakeup that could happen christian parker the broncos secondary coach he interviewed for the patriots defensive coordinator job i don't know if he's going to get it but there could be some movement there definitely something to watch there uh rd up in canada up there north of the 49th parallel good to see you big dog been with us also a long long time he says how far back do you think we can trade and still get bo nicks and what do you think we could get in the trade back? A late first, second, and a third possible? Uh, it just really depends. But you are within the top 15, so there is some value there. I think you could get a second rounder almost certainly. Uh, and then something else. you know, I think in Woody Page's column where he's kind of forecasting a trade back to land Bo Nix, I think he included a, a two and a five, if I remember it right. But um, – what do you think? How far back could the Broncos go and still land Bo Nix? Because one of the interesting also kind of things he has in common, perhaps we'll see if it plays out this way, but with Drew Brees is Drew Brees was a fringe first round prospect coming out of Purdue back in 2001. He was the 32nd overall pick in the draft back before the expansion of the Texans when it was still a 31 team league so he ended up being Zach the first pick in the second round did Drew Brees and I think it's possible that Knicks will still be there like if the draft were tomorrow for example and we didn't get any further insight from a senior bowl from the combine from pro days etc late first round early second is where I'm I'm projecting Knicks 12 might be a little rich unless he blows you away at one of these events or at all these events, et cetera. But I think you could get him late twenties and maybe even early second round. But what do you think? But see how there's such a big margin for error there. It could be the top 10. It could be the second round. That's why the pre-draft process is so important RD because Nick's can either help himself or hurt himself. But if you, want a prediction right now i agree with chad i think you can get him toward the end of the first round i don't know if he's in the last whole round two but if you move down from 12 to 20 let's say you can definitely net a second rounder second and a four perhaps and that is premium capital for george payton and company i mean this dude was uh prolific at uh oregon and that's the knock on him though is that the the production he's a system quarterback and that's often been, you know, the downfall for the the high profile uh, Ducks quarterbacks. Nick's no different in that respect. It's going to affect his his stock. But like, here's here's something Nick wrote. Nick Kendall wrote this a week or two back. I think it was after Pro Football Focus was saying, "Hey, he's the perfect fit, Nick's for Sean Payton." He said, "Quote: Bo Nix is a very difficult evaluation." while leading a high-flying offense for the Ducks this past season. The type of throws he was asked to make on a down-to-down -down basis might not translate to Sundays. Working a lot of simple read pass plays, Nix was not often asked to go through difficult progressions and throw with anticipation. Thanks in part to a strong talent advantage in most games on top of the scheme Oregon runs, 
Nix was able to make obvious and simple reads with the ball to target very open players. Close quote on on Nicky. So that's the draw. That's the knock really on on Nick's is, is the system aspect because I'm not sure that that does that has anything to do really with his skill set. I think it was the scheme, but all, nothing that he said, Nick, there was untrue. No, and that's why I've been saying the ceiling is what you'd be drafting with Bo Nix, and you're looking at 2025, the earliest where he could maybe take the QB1 mantle. You would draft him and ideally sit him behind a veteran, again, be it a Jared Stidham or Jameis Winston, whoever, and hope that uh, Sean Payton, Joe Lombardi, and the offensive coaching staff can develop him and unlock that potential, what they couldn't do, Chad, with previous quarterbacks, pun intended. <laughs> that's why I smiled just a little bit. Uh, by the way, Sam Bam, I'm sorry to hear you're having still the problems with uh, the super chat thing. That's really wonky, bro. I wish there was any something we could do to help fix it, but unfortunately, there's not. So good luck with that, my dog, and thank you for even the thought uh, of super chat. We really appreciate you. Uh, Nate Dizzle in the house with a very generous super chat. Thank you, Nate. Be sure to connect with us on X on Twitter. We like to keep in touch with the super chat superstars here at MHH. And it's also a great place to help keep the conversations rolling outside of the streams. He says, for Zach, Chris Harris Jr. tweeted recently about us passing on Josh Allen back in the 2018 draft. But he's the one who didn't want John Elway to select him in the first place. Just Google, Chris Harris doesn't want QB 2018. It's bizarre. Your thoughts, Zach? In typical Chris Harris fashion, it's always somebody else's fault. He's always looking for someone else to blame, this time off the football field. Yeah, exactly. I do not miss that about Strap Harris. Um, it's funny, Nate, you bring this up because when Chris Harris tweeted about this a few weeks back, I actually quote tweeted him because he said initially that the Broncos' biggest mistake was passing on Josh Allen, and I said with the uh, the screaming face emoji, Josh Allen wouldn't be Josh Allen if the Broncos drafted him. They did not have the setup in place. They would not have developed him correctly. He would not have been the same quarterback with the likes of Bill Musgrave and Pat Shermer. You think those are the ones to unlock Josh Allen's potential? No. It sucks that ultimately the Broncos have been in quarterback purgatory, but in hindsight, I do not think it would have mattered that much. Yeah, that's one of those questions that we'll never really have a definitive answer on. Perhaps in some alternate football universe, Josh Allen was drafted to the Broncos, and we kind of would know. But think back to 2018. You're talking about the uh, swan song of the Vance Joseph era. Billy Musgrave, if I remember right, was the OC. That will probably would have been doomed to fail. Although I will say this, Zach. When Josh Allen landed in Buffalo, I didn't foresee the McDermott regime being the ideal place for him to land and thrive either. Um, so some of it's culture, some of it's timing, some of it's coaching environment, some of it's just, you know, luck of the draw. But uh, it was a big surprise, not just because Zach the Broncos needed a quarterback, but at that point in the offseason of 2018, they hadn't quite turned the page and given up on Paxton Lynch, if everyone can remember. And they had just gone out and paid a little bit of money uh, to, to sign Case Keenum. And uh, so they weren't quite sure yet on Lynch, although he would end up being released by the end of the summer. And the thing that made it crazy too, Zach, is this was a guy that was just up the street. This was a guy that the Broncos scouting department 
knew well, knew very, very well. John Elway in person, all that stuff. And they still passed on him to take Bradley Chubb. So very curious. Uh, I think it's easy to point to it as a, as a mistake, Zach. But it's also one of those things where it's like like you're saying, like, careful what you wish for, because would he have even succeeded? Then we'd have this big draft bust on our hands. And I don't think Broncos country had the patience to wait out Josh Allen's development. That's something that took a while in Buffalo for the light bulb to go on. It seems like Broncos fans want quarterbacks to be all pros from day one. But you mentioned John Elway in that era, Chad. You're talking about Paxton Lynch and Brock Osweiler, Drew Locke. None of those quarterbacks were developed correctly because they didn't have the infrastructure in place to bring the best out of those quarterbacks. So ultimately, it still stings because of what Allen has become with the bills. I just don't think he'd be on that same level with the butterfly effect taking place in Denver. I am uh, trying to remember real quick who the offensive coordinator was when he landed there. Uh, well, I, I can at least tell you this since I'm on the PFR page, his uh, rookie year, Josh Allen, he started for the bills, 11 games went five and six as a starter, completing a lowly and woeful 52.8% of his passes, 10 touchdowns, 12 picks. He would have been run out of town with those numbers. It was looking sketchy, but the Bills stayed committed to him and comes back the next year, starts all 16. Bills win 10 games, and uh, he has a solid season. He, he passes for just over 3,000 yards, 20 touchdowns, nine picks, and really, it was the next year, Zach, where he went gangbusters. So it took him a solid two years, which is about typical for the quarterbacks that that boom, the high, highly drafted quarterbacks that boom. The C.J. Strouds are, are more the exception to the rule. Not the exception, Zach, in that they play early and right away, but in terms of just that immediate success, it's usually year two, sometimes year three, when it does pop. Uh, year three for Allen, of course, was his first Pro Bowl. Goes 13 and three as a starter, 4,500 passing yards, 37 touchdowns to just 10 picks, plus all the rushing yards, all the, and he's just, it's, he's never looked back from then on. Yeah, what I meant by infrastructure was coaching. And Scott points out in the private chat that his first OC was Brian Dayball, who is mm, pretty good head coach right. and that's he was right. an excellent coordinator. The thing is, Brian Dayball before Sean Payton was better than anything the Broncos had on, on the coaching staff on that side of the ball. Sean McDermott is a better head coach than anything the Broncos had up until Sean Payton. So it's not apples to apples, it's apples and bowling balls. That's right. And for what it's worth, that was year one for Dable as Bill's coordinator. Uh, it wasn't his first NFL coordinator gig. He had had several different stops as a coordinator, including the Chiefs, the Dolphins, the Browns. Um, he, he goes back, but that was his first year with the Bills in that role. And so he got to take credit. I mean, he's a big – Josh Allen's development is a big reason Dable got that head coaching gig with the Giants. Lawrence, big dog, says had to catch up. I've been behind on stars, bro. Thank you so much for, for thinking of us and supporting us. I don't know what we do without you and all of our great supporters and, and superstars. Thank you, big dog. Uh, the Duchess jumping in again. We love you, Michaela. She says, how far down do you think Michael Penix Jr. will be available? And how do you guys feel about it? Um, Zach, you start with this one. Tough evaluation. He looked amazing in one playoff game. He looked very mortal in the uh, the championship game. He was overwhelmed and didn't strike me as a top 10 quarterback, maybe not even a top 15 or 20 quarterback. 
Again, Michaela, it's so hard as hell on January, what is it, 25th, what's going to happen in late April. Uh, Penix can help himself in the pre-draft process and shoot up the draft boards, or he doesn't test well, and he might slip to the second round. Ultimately, gun to my head, I think he'll be in the Bo Nix range, so maybe you can trade down to the upper 20s, late teens, and still pick him up. Honestly, Zach, even the, you know, you got the top three, uh, Williams, May, Daniels. All right. It doesn't appear as if they're going to be within spitting distance of the Broncos. So then you got the next three and all of the next three have, I'll just categorize them as fringe first rounders. Um, Penix is the one guy who's most consistently being mocked still in the first round of the the other three and that includes the aforementioned Knicks and JJ McCarthy. I like him. I would not hate if the Broncos picked him at 12, I I'm I'm stoked. Again, any quarterback, the Broncos under Sean Payton feel confident enough to take that early. I'm not really questioning it until I have a reason to just because situation demands it and Sean Payton he knows what he's doing. But I think Penix, he's yeah. It's hard to predict this one, like Zach said, but just for different reasons than Knicks. His mainly, though, it's, you know, if you take away, Zach, his injury jacket, the two different ACL injuries, um, maybe it's a different story. But this is a guy who I wouldn't be surprised could go as high as number eight to Atlanta or somewhere in the second round. But I think he'll end up being a first round pick. I really do. I would love if Atlanta took him there because it would push a better player to the Broncos at 12. Um, what concerns me is not Penix's injury history. He's a couple years removed from one of those major issues. It's the fact that he was so rattled by pressure and what Michigan did in the title game that really exposed him as a passer that it might scare away Sean Payton or other NFL teams. And guys, you got to remember a couple things too here. The pre-draft trail is so crucial I mean, what they their resume as players in college obviously takes precedent, but this time, let's say, Zach, flashback to 2018, this time 2018, nobody was projecting Baker Mayfield to be a first-round pick, very few, uh, certainly not the number one overall pick. He was being viewed as, hey, great college player, going to be a mid-round pick. Hey, great college player, but just not toolsy enough to justify first-round pick. And he ends up being number one overall. Josh Allen, the year before he came out, 2017, I remember everyone talking him up like, hey, he should come out this year because if he did, he'd be the first overall pick if he would just come out. Decided to go back to Wyoming and didn't have that great of a 2018 college football season at Wyoming. Draft stock suffered, but the senior bowl for both Baker Mayfield, Zach and Josh Allen completely skyrocketed their draft stock and the rest is history. So that could happen. Like uh, I think it was Phil saying here in the chat that could happen with Bo Nix that could happen with, you know, panics, et cetera. Time will tell. It might not be up until draft night when the Broncos are on the clock. They don't know what they're going to do, where they want to go. They'll have a draft board, but if it breaks a certain way, then it could uh, throw everything into shambles. So it's just tough to predict about three months out. And I remember them calling it the Hall of Fame class, right? Like tongue-in-cheek. You think about it, three of them, three of the five first-round quarterbacks that year playing in the playoffs this year, Mayfield, Allen, Lamar, uh, Josh Rosen, obviously he's busted in Gonzo. Uh, and then Sam Darnold, you know, who knows what could have been with Sam if he lands perhaps in a better better spot. But none of those guys of the of the – the quarterbacks taken in round one that year, Zach, 
with the exception of Lamar Jackson, landed in what you would call at the time ideal situations to hit the ground running. Like they all kind of had to find their way and, and make the most and develop and learn and all that. And Rosen obviously failed to do it. And D Sam Darnold as well. Phil though saying, hey, so guys pick 12 Broncos are sitting there. Here's who is available. McCarthy, Knicks, Penix. If, okay. And so I'll, I'll add one qualifier to this, Zach. You're taking a quarterback at 12 of those three. Who is it? Well, to your last point, remember the draft night rumor of the Broncos trying to move up to number two in 2018 to get Sam Darnold? Yeah. One of the old uh, Elway specials that never was to be. That was, you know, in hindsight, that was pretty good. Phil, to answer your question, I'm going to put myself in Sean Payton's shoes. So I'm answering a Sean Payton. It, it just depends whatever, whoever of these three wows me, whatever, whoever of the three I believe can turn into a franchise quarterback. I don't like McCarthy personally, but his skill set and his IQ and pocket presence could appeal to someone like Sean Payton. He wants a more in-structure quarterback after dealing with Russ and he might fit the bill. But I will say, if I'm not a billion percent sold on any one of the three, I'm probably looking to trade back from 12 and and maybe pick up an, uh, one of these players at that spot. Right now, my answer to this, Phil, is going to fluctuate on literally a week-in, a week-out basis yeah. for, for the next month or two. But right now, gun to my head, I got to take one of those three guys. It's so close between Penix and Knicks. You know, um, Oh, it's so close. I probably err on Knicks, to be honest with you, just because of the and it's not because of the injury stuff, because as Zach mentioned, he Penix is a couple of years beyond that. It's still part of his jacket. It's still a concern and a risk. But uh, I'm taking Knicks there probably, at least for now, because. Kind of the similarities to Drew Brees and some of those parallels and the fit with Sean Payton and what we've known traditionally Sean Payton to kind of prioritize or what his offensive philosophy is totally went back to the drawing board in year one in Denver to make the most of the Russell Wilson situation. Not a true Zach, um, you know, hallmark of his, his overall philosophy. Looked at what he did all those years in New Orleans with Drew Brees. And that's the kind of scheme I could see this kid succeeding in Nick. So that gun to my head, that's probably the guy I'm taking. And by the way, guys, we're about out of time. So any burning topics, questions, get them in the chat. Supers, we'll get to it before we dip. Uh, but that's what I would say, Zach. Yeah, and again, you're banking on their ceiling. You're drafting for the future. You're drafting on potential, not necessarily day one. And if you compare those three quarterbacks, I think Nick's ceiling is the highest of the three. So if Sean Payton is trying to play the long game and maybe – use 2024 as an evaluation year with a bridge quarterback, Knicks could be the way to go. True, true, true. All right, we've got uh, Lawrence saying, did you guys hear Vic Fangio was clashing with players in Miami? Zach, what have you heard on this? I can't believe that, Chad, that a 60-something-year-old curmudgeon man would clash with uh, 20- and 30-year-olds. I did see that little uh, Lawrence – uh, Javon Holland, I think it was on social media. He literally kicked rocks when he heard about uh, Vic Fangio's dismissal from Miami. So, you know, I think he's a little overrated still personally, and uh, we'll see how he does in Philadelphia. Yeah, he's definitely not the cool grandpa like Wade Phillips. You know, <laughs> he's that kind of weirdo grandpa a little bit that won't be he, hanging with a keep anytime soon. Like if mom and dad leave you a grandma and grandpa's you're hoping grandma doesn't leave to go run errands so that you're stuck <laughs> with grandpa Vic. You know what I mean? Like 
as long as grandma's there and you got a buffer, hey, cool, he's my grandpa. But spending time with him, you know, maybe a little bit uh, sketch. Lawrence, again, thank you, bro. All the stars tonight, really appreciate you, my friend. And the Ronk chipping in with a uh, a great show. I'm sure we'll hear from you on Twitter later, my friend. Love you, Mike. Um, I think we've pretty much hit on all the main topics tonight, Zach, with one exception. Um, the possibility of this was something that a uh, anonymous NFL executive told Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, and that is that he thinks Russell Wilson could end up with the Las Vegas Raiders. How much truth do you ascribe to that? Is it just a shot in the dark? Is it just the stirring of the pot, so to speak? What do you think? No, I think it, it could have legs. If you look at it from Russell Wilson's point of view, let's say he's released by the Broncos. Uh, he can sign for the minimum with the with the Raiders and stick it to the Broncos financially. It would also give him a chance to stick it to the Broncos on the field twice a year and show that he, they shouldn't have gotten rid of him. He would want nothing more than to beat Sean Payton. I just don't know if Russell Wilson's personality would be an ideal fit with Antonio Pierce. He's kind of like the... Sean Payton, a tougher, you know, not necessarily a player's friendly coach. I just don't know if they would be personality uh, fits. Which is a little bit ironic. I mean, Pierce, former player, linebacker, um, badass human being, by the way. I got a lot of respect for him. Not not necessarily hoping for a lot of success for him, but you, you catch my drift. But, guys, this has been a, a great conversation. We love you. We appreciate you. Russell Wilson, if he signs, if he lands in Vegas, it's Zach going to be simply because the Broncos released him. He's now free to negotiate and sign with whoever. And uh, you know, one of the one of the draws for him, as asserted by this NFL executive, this anonymous source, is the the Vegas entertainment aspect for his wife Sierra that they could, you know, she could set up a whatever they call it, a residency or whatever, uh, like Elvis used to do, right? And every night or five nights a week or whatever, you can go to X casino and, and watch them put on a show maybe, but there's a lot of big media markets out there. And, and uh, so I don't think that's going to take precedent. Money will take precedent for Russ. And ultimately they do have Aiden O'Connell out there in Las Vegas. He looked decent, you know, last season as a rookie. Plus I do think the Raiders will end up drafting a quarterback. They pick one spot behind the Broncos. So it could be where, Whoever the Broncos don't want, let's say they pass on Knicks or McCarthy, that could be the Raiders pick right after. All right, guys, we got a couple messages for you, then we're going to dip, so don't leave quite yet. Tremendous installment, as always, of the Mild High Huddle podcast. If you're not doing so, please follow us on Twitter at the MHH pod. You can follow the main account at Mild High Huddle. Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and Scott, our producer at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some MHH merch, you know where to find it. You know where to look. MHHmerch.com gets you some. Also, if you haven't, please drop us a like at facebook.com slash mile high huddle pod. You can find us on Instagram at mile underscore high underscore huddle. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, make sure you're leaving your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month. But if anything, y'all, please subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. A mile-high salute and a special shout-out to the great Super Chat superstars and supporters tonight helping us here on the MHH pod. Keep the lights on.
Papa Bear, that's David McElrath, The Duchess, Michaela Parker, Phil McLaughlin, uh, The Ronk, James Moss, Top Rope, George Fox, Andrew Lampy, Keith Brugman, R.D., Nate Dizzle, Lawrence Rivera, Top Roping It. Uh, let's see. Uh, I think I got everybody. So much love and respect. Can't wait to talk to you guys again on Sunday. We'll see if maybe some news uh, shakes out on Russ. Stay tuned. Plenty of programming on the podcast every night. You know this, seven nights a week, 6 p.m. Mountain Time. MHH, there is a podcast rolling, so stay tuned. Have a great start to your weekend. We'll see you Sunday night. Take care, and as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.